Hey, welcome to the Metal Detecting Show. My name is Kieran, and this week I talk about YouTube and dip into magnet fishing. We have a regular tech timeout and of course some news from the world of metal detecting and treasure hunting. So let's get on with the show. Hey, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to my little podcast. I hope I improve every week. If you want to give me feedback or interact with the show, and I hope you do, please reach out to me on Twitter at DetectingThe or Instagram at the Metal Detecting Podcast, or if you want to pop me an email to Kieran at TheMetalDetectingShow.com. Some updates from previous ep- episodes. Firstly, after last week's episode, I was reading the April edition of The Searcher magazine, hashtag not a paid advertisement, only to come across an article about cleaning iron finds and how experts do it. So if you have a subscription to The Searcher magazine, dip in and give it a read. It's a great little article called Conservation of Iron Finds. Also, you might remember from my Pulse Dive review, I was having issues with my Pulse Dive and I reached out to the Nocta customer service. I just want to let you know I have yet to receive a response there, so I'll try again, but I'm putting this down to the current COVID-19 pandemic and will cut them some slack. My top YouTubers for metal detecting. Firstly, this is not a review or a critique of these content creators. I like each of these for different reasons and who am I to be calling out someone for putting themselves out there despite not being perfect. I suppose I can take this opportunity to to explain why I'm doing this podcast and what my vision is for it in the future. Well, why? My initial plan when I registered the domain, themetaldetectingshow.com, back in 2015, was to have a YouTube channel and blog with me going around metal detecting and talking rubbish and giving examples. I filmed and edited my first video and realised I do not have a face for video and oh my god, totally cringe. So I parked the idea very quickly but realised I have some collateral in the domain itself, so I kept renewing the domain with a view of doing something in the future. For as long as I can remember, I always listened to podcasts from Joe Rogan to the Indie Hackers podcast. However, I never put two and two together till I attended a local podcasting course about six months ago. And it was then the light bulb went off. Everything I was being told lined up with what I had already. I had a niche. I actually had equipment from recording some music. All I needed was the self-confidence because the sound of my nasal droning from the YouTube video really put up a wall for me. But in researching ways of getting around this insecurity, I found that everyone hates their voice. So I just had to get over it. So I wrote up the first two episodes pretty quickly with the format I wanted and recorded the first episode, which sat on my computer for months as I plucked up the courage to release it. But I did. And here we are. What's the plan for the podcast? Well, really right now, I'm just ironing out all the technicalities and driving forward with episodes. But in the future, I want to interview prominent detectorists. But unfortunately, till you develop a profile online, you will struggle to get any takers in who wants to be interviewed. I want to include some technical tidbits to help someone make small improvements in the hobby with a view to getting more technical as I proceed forward. I am by no means an expert at all. I am middle of the road in the very specific environment of beach hunting, but this podcast allows me to keep my foot in the door and passion for the hobby. So back to the YouTube. So generally my criteria for subscribing to YouTube channels is how clickbaity they are in general. I will not subscribe to a channel that will have a clickbait thumbnail. For example, I have made $100,000 in my first year of metal detecting. Straight away, that's a no for me. However, if I see a finds table that looks genuine, for example, some good finds mixed in with some random rubbish, then I'm in. 
I use the same rule on social media and to all the people showing a hundred coins and no rubbish stating they found this over a two hour hunt, you do realise that the people you are trying to appeal to are the very people who know that what you state is very improbable. So I always go for what I believe is genuine and all the YouTubers below have had a video where they wash out and don't find a thing and come across as genuinely genuine. So disregarding clickbaity YouTubers and in no particular order of preference, you have to start with Aquachigger. With 1.2 million subscribers, no one can deny that Aquachigger is the king of metal detecting on YouTube. Every video you learn something. His unrelenting optimism is contagious, motivating you to get out there and detect. Full-time detectorist and treasure hunter and very generous with his time, judging by the amount of collabs he's done over the years. He has developed his reputation to a point he's able to travel the world and be involved in several TV shows. Closely followed is Nugget Noggin. Approximately 750,000 subscribers, the Garrett metal detecting poster boy holds him to a fault. Michael's enthusiasm for every find is contagious. A prolific content creator and has expanded his reach beyond the states due to several collabs with UK detectorists and mudlarks. He has come into a bit of controversy in the forums due to the release of his metal detecting course, but I say each to their own. Now, D-All-M-Y-D or Doll-M-Y-D, I'm not sure how we pronounce it, with 10.2 million subscribers is leading the new wave of detectorists. Jake represents a new generation of super fit and environmentally conscientious detectorists online at the minute. With very high production value content, you won't necessarily learn much history here, but he definitely takes you on the journey where he searches for modern finds from jewellery to iPhones. Calls himself a scuba diver first, but has recently adopted to the metal detector to help him hunt. Up next, I like Dr. Tones 24K, technically one of the best on YouTube and one of the best in relation to production value, has been involved in TV shows such as Dirt Fishing America and is currently the MindLab field test advocate where you can see him across several YouTube channels. Up next is Man Plus River, also of the new generation of metal detectorists saving the hobby one subscription at a time. With 4.6 subscribers, Dallas has a great format with great production value and polished content, influencing a new generation of kids to get out there and have fun and detect. If he's not to your taste, you're just too old to understand always makes a special effort to return finds to their owner, which makes for a fully compelling content experience from start to finish. And I'm going to finish up with Chill Bill from the UK. The London Mudlark slash Metal Detectorist, with 22,000 subscribers, but has done several collabs with Nugget Noggin, Aqua Chigger and Dr. Tones. Very knowledgeable and fun. I always get the impression he's really enjoying himself. A traditional delivery of chat dig find, but Bill is great fun and enthusiastically genuine. So these are just some of the YouTubers I like. I'll include links to their channel in the show notes. However, if you want to give a shout out to someone you like, hit me up on social media and I'll be sure to check them out. Time for tick time out! <laughs> Magnafishing. I'm not going to tell you how to magnafish, but there's not much to it. If you put a magnet on a rope and fire it into a body of water and pull back slowly, hopefully you pick up some nice but generally iron finds. However, I can tell you about magnets and what type of magnets to get and how to size a magnet for your application. The best magnet for magnet fishing is a neodymium magnet. Fact. Neodymium magnets are made from rare earth metals and are considered to be some of the strongest magnets on earth. 
Neodymium magnets are vary in type and force, but a common magnet of this kind is the neodymium N52 magnet. There are other types of magnets including ferrite magnets or speaker magnets as I like to call them, but these are considered far weaker than the rare earth neodymium magnets, and in my view not suitable for magnet fishing. So how do you rate a magnet? Well, most magnets are rated by physical dimensions by, and by the pulling force. So an 800 pound magnet does not refer to the magnet's weight, 800 pounds, duh. It relates to the pulling force of the magnet when the whole of the magnet's surface is in contact with the object to be pulled. This is why you oversize your magnet to ensure that you can pull out round objects where the pulling force can be reduced to 25% just by the reduction in surface area caused by the spherical surface of the object. This is the answer to the internet's most asked question in relation to magnet fishing. These magnets come in various sizes, but why would I buy an 800 pound magnet when my rope is rated for 150 pounds and I can only lift 100 pounds? You also need to take into account the angle of pull. If you're pulling directly straight onto the magnet, then you can maximize the possible pulling force. However, if you're pulling from the side of the object, the pulling force is significantly reduced and the magnet can effectively slide off the object. On a side note, this is the same principle that relates to how you use your rope. If you tie a crap knot in your rope, you can reduce the breaking strength to 25% while increasing the wear and tear on the rope, resulting in the rope snapping when you least expect it. Okay, about this point about sizing your magnet. Well, you need to consider the terrain you're searching in. For example, fast moving water will increase drag on the object, effectively increasing the relative mass, which will reduce the effectiveness of your magnet. So pick a magnet that is suitable for the environment you're searching in and suitable for what you want to find. For example, there is no point in having a thousand pound magnet if you don't want to be pulling out old bike size objects the whole day. Consider what you want to find. This is a theme that goes through all walks of metal detecting and treasure hunting. Magnets come in all shapes and sizes, single sided and double sided, which is essentially two magnetic surfaces with the rope loop between. But the standard one sided disc seems to be the best suited and most popular. Talking about the loop, if you purchase your magnet from a magnet fishing website, they will have models that include a loop to tie your rope onto. My whole point here is to ensure you screw this loop in with either Loctite or glue to ensure that it won't come off. And finally, my last comment will be on the rope. Pick a brightly colored nylon paracord, rated in excess of what you're intending to find, not the magnet's pulling force. Tie a good knot on this as this will be the weakest point and the first point of failure. My personal setup is an 800 pound magnet on a yellow nylon paracord of about 50 feet in length. Okay, my final, final point. Safety first, a neodymium magnet has the potential to pinch the finger off you depending on pulling force. So treat these as a volatile object and handle with care. Next up, we chat about the news of the day. Okay, the first story this week from the world of metal detecting. From the Sentinel and Enterprise, metal detector enthusiast reunites son with father's war medal. Despite the weirdly phrased headline, the story goes on to describe how Tracy Howe, a member of the Appleseed Valley Relic Seekers, finds a World War II medal and returns it to the family of the owner. Next we have one for the magnet fishers out there in the Northamptonshire Telegraph, where Magnet Fishing Fans Net Cash for Food Bank Fund Northant's metal fishing founder Nigel Lamford asked his subscribers to his YouTube channel to enter a raffle for several items including equipment to magnet fish, donating all the proceeds to the Kettering Food Bank. 
And finally, in the Lancashire Telegraph, a suspected grenade was found in a river by a man who has been scoring the area with a metal detector, resulting in an evacuation till the Explosive Ordnance Disposal Team could come and remove the object. And that's it for this week's news roundup from the world of metal detecting. With these stories and all the stories every week, the links are in the show notes. Okay, folks, I hope you like this episode of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Detecting The or Instagram at The Metal Detecting Podcast. If you want to contribute or have suggestions for topics to cover, pop us an email to Kieran at TheMetalDetectingShow.com. That's C-I-A-R-A-N at TheMetalDetectingShow.com. Don't forget to check out our website, www.TheMetalDetectingShow.com for episode show notes. Check out our Patreon page if you want to help the podcast stay alive or just want to buy me a coffee. Just search for The Metal Detecting Show. Once again, I hope you enjoyed this episode and we will catch up with you all again next week. Get out there and happy hunting. Happy hunting.